Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. If you're trying to save your marriage and turn it around to have the marriage that you used to have, or maybe even a better marriage than that, then you may have found yourself confused on what to do next. That is why we at Marriage Helper have created the seven steps to rescue your marriage and yourself. And we've created that to help you get clarity on what you need to do, when you need to do it, and maybe even in what order you need to do it in order to really have the best chance at saving your marriage. We have created this out of years of experience with clients, with people just like you in really basing it in research-based principles that leads to marriage transformation. And we've now put it into a seven-step plan that's easy to understand and easy for you to identify where you are on it. In the first episode in this series, we talked about the first three steps, which is really all in one category that's helping you learn how to stabilize your marriage. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about step four. And this step actually has two parts to it, but the two parts are very important when it comes to rescuing your marriage and even healing in your own way, healing yourself of the things that have happened. We're going to be talking about that today. I'm joined by Dr. Joe Beam, the founder of Marriage Helper, and I'm Kimberly Holmes. Yeah, being founder uh, and $5 will get you a cup of coffee at uh, Starbucks. That's right. (laughs) So let's talk about this fourth step. Because as you said, it has two parts. Let's just go ahead and mention what those two parts are and then see if we can explain them a little bit. But remember now that first section about how you stabilize a marriage that's already in crisis, where that you first have to calm down. Then you've got to get clarity as to what's actually going on. And then you have to stop pushing and start pulling. Now, we can explain that in much deeper detail, but understand that that's it right now. And the middle step then is this. If you can get to the point where that you've done that, then it's time to start forgiving. Now, forgiving can be done even if your spouse does not participate. The second part of this fourth step actually requires your spouse to be part of it. So let's talk about the forgiving thing first. Yes, let's do that. This is a very important part. Whether you and your spouse ultimately end up reconciling or not, it is incredibly important to forgive yourself of anything you may be carrying guilt for, your spouse of anything that they may have done that you're harboring resentment for, and any other things that may be be affecting. We see a lot of the times when couples come to our workshops and we talk about this forgiveness section that a lot of times, yes, they're talking about, I need to forgive my spouse, but they're also bringing up things of, I need to forgive the way that my mom treated me when I was a kid. I need to forgive mm-hmm. how I responded to my spouse and and the things that I did that led to this. I need to forgive, you know, they a lot comes up. Forgiveness is a huge step in healing because it in a way kind of helps to clear your mind of everything you're carrying so that you can more clearly see what the future could hold. Yeah, I remember a lady in one of our workshops several years ago now, and she had grown up in a home of very religious people. Mm-hmm. Yet, even though her father was uh, like an official at the church there, uh, they were into 
the lifestyle into swinging. Mm. Nobody at church knew about it. And they would bring other couples into their bedroom. Now, her bedroom was right next to theirs. Oh, wow. So she could hear what was going on. And as she went through her, her, her puberty and went through her formative years, she founds, finds herself having very mixed emotions, like disgust at that because it's so against everything that they talk about at church mm-hmm. and et cetera. And at the same time, some titillation from that because she's a teenager. And so she now finally is married and she's had several affairs. Mm-hmm. And she's seeking the forgiveness of her husband. She's seeking the healing of the relationship. But part of hers was having to forgive her parents Mm-hmm. For the hypocrisy yeah. of what they had done that, that actually got her mind all messed up here. Right. And then, as you just said, to forgive herself mm-hmm. for the things that she had done, but then also to forgive the men who had used her mm-hmm. because she felt anger toward them, even though she was making herself very available to them. And so there was a lot of forgiveness going on there that if this was going to be a better future for her, we're talking about hopefully for the marriage too, but at least for her, we're talking about in healing yourself as well, is that she had to forgive. And so sometimes in our workshops, when we get people to start thinking back, mm-hmm. like, why do you think you do that? Why do you think you feel that way? Why do you think you believe that? Can you find stories in your past that can give us some insight into that? It's amazing how often they wind up having to forgive. And then mm-hmm. sometimes, Kimberly, say a spouse has been unfaithful. It's not just forgiving my spouse. Mm. It's forgiving the partner. The other the other woman or the other man. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And right. I mean, there's there's so much more that can go into that, especially if it happened and other people knew, or maybe it was with your best friend, right? And then there's more broken relationships. But the problem is that it's hard to move forward and reconcile when you're carrying the weight of the unforgiveness. Isn't that right? Yes. As a matter of fact, in our workshop, we spent a lot of time talking about this, our three-day intensive workshop for couples in crisis. And we explained the fact that forgiving sets you free. Now, sometimes people say, but if I forgive, then they got to get away with whatever they did. Look, there's still consequences of behaviors out there. We're not talking about you setting them free legally necessarily. We're talking about you setting yourself free from the negative emotions. And that's why sometimes it's so difficult to do because you hurt so badly. Mm-hmm. It's like this pain inside of me leads to this great anger, and I really want to punish this other person. And we say, we understand that. It's a human emotion to do that, and it's okay to be human. But if you follow through on that, you're going to degrade yourself. And so learning how to forgive, and it is a process, Kimberly. So in our workshop, for example, both on Friday afternoon and then again on Sunday afternoon, we take people through exercises, helping them go through an actual process of learning how to forgive. And we didn't just make that up. I dug into a whole lot of research out there about how do people forgive and put it together. And so it actually becomes a a plan, if you will, Mm -hmm. a pathway that this is how I can forgive, even if it's forgiving yourself, which sometimes people find the most difficult to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, maybe I can forgive him. Maybe I can forgive her, but I knew better and I did what I did anyway But forgiving you is just as important if you've done anything you need to forgive yourself for. It's just as important as forgiving those people out there because it will lead you to freedom so that you can be healed emotionally, spiritually, and sometimes even physically. Because 
you can affect your immune system and have a lot of negative effect on your body if you're holding that anger and rage inside of you, whether it's towards some human being or whether it's toward yourself. And so you can affect yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually by forgiving. Now, again, people watching or listening are thinking, yeah, you make it sound easy. It's not easy. Not easy at all. And that's why we actually have developed a process based on good social science research that in our workshop we will guide you through. Right. It's not easy, but it's important. And doable. And doable. Intentional. You have to be very intentional about it, but definitely doable. So in this step four, everything from step one to four in this up to forgive, up to forgive, a person can do and should do in order to save their marriage. Now, this is where it splits. This Mm -hmm. is where there's another part of step four, which is reconcile. You cannot reconcile without the other person. So a lot of times I've been asked, I know you've been asked, can one spouse save a marriage? And I say, yes, one spouse can absolutely do the things that will begin to save the marriage and turn things around, Mm -hmm. but it takes two to reconcile. That's correct. It is correct. So, not to say, not to say, I'm <laughs> shocked, always right. She's shocked that I actually agree with her on something. You know? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, yes. So, so up until then is what you can do as this as the person standing for your marriage and should do. The reconciliation portion, though, as we said before, it takes the other person, and so where we see this and what we do at Marriage Helper is we know that our workshop, that the marriage workshop that that Joe has been talking about, that that is a catalyst for change, that it really can begin when a couple is able to come and they can see how their marriage can be different. And it paints that picture of a bigger, a better future that it also lays the groundwork for if you were to reconcile, here's how, because here's how your marriage can look different in the future. So our workshop is is a catalyst in step four. If you're able to come and able to experience that with your spouse, it's the most effective thing that you can do to also then be able to reconcile. So that's why step four is split. There's part of it you can do and should do on your own. And there's another part of it that you need your spouse to continue forward in these seven steps. All right. And sometimes the initial part that the spouse will do is just agree to come to the workshop. Mm-hmm. Even saying, I'm still going to divorce you, I don't want to make this work, but, uh, you know, I'll go to the workshop with him. And we have all kinds of um, tools out there to help you explain to your spouse and help encourage them to come to the workshop with you. But they at least have to come there. Mm -hmm. And then we have developed a system that we call Exploring Reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And it is five steps. You might be thinking, you people are really in the steps, aren't you? <laughs> we really we like are. to get our steps. You see, <laughs> here's here's the way that we believe that we're quite different from other helpers. Not maybe every other helper, but most other helpers. The first is we take extremely deep and complicated psychological and sociological principles and then make them extremely simple to understand. It's amazing how, for example, when I sometimes will speak to groups of counselors and therapists and start teaching them about push and pull, well, they knew all of that, but they had it in their head in such a complicated way, it was hard for them to explain it to anybody. Mm. But once they heard it in the simplified way we put it, it was like, it's that easy. It's Mm -hmm. that simple. And so we love to take deep concepts, psychological, sociological, and simplify them so that we can understand them a whole lot easier and, interestingly, understand them a whole lot deeper when we do that. But the second thing we do is then we develop processes. 
Okay, based on that, how do you move from here to there? Mm-hmm. And that's why we are into our steps. Like, okay, what four steps happen when people fall in love? We call that the love path. And now we have this, what seven steps happen if you're going to rescue your marriage and yourself? Mm-hmm. These things have to happen. And then the exploring reconciliation tool that we have, there's five steps. Mm-hmm. Because you see, part of what has to happen in this healing process is that you need to learn a lot more about each other than you currently know. And I know that sounds ridiculous to some people. We've been married 50 years. There's nothing about my spouse I don't know. Well, if you've been through crisis or you're in crisis, each of you has changed. Like, who am I now? Who are you now? What is it that I really want? What do you really want? But you also have to deal with the issues which means you're going to have to talk about what happened, how it happened, and all those kinds of things. There's going to be time here for confession. There's going to be time here for asking forgiveness, granting forgiveness, those kinds of things. And so in the reconciliation process, you really are going to deal with the issues. But you don't start with the issues. You start by learning a whole lot more about each of you first. And then in dealing with those issues, you can finally start figuring out what has to stop, what has to start, how do we negotiate this out, how do we actually start building a future together. And so forgiveness, as Kimberly said, is for you no matter what your spouse does. But if indeed your spouse will hopefully, first of all, come to the workshop with us so we can help them understand some things, and then, of course, it's their decision. We don't manipulate. We don't force. And then If you decide to go through together this reconciliation, exploring reconciliation process, at the end of that, if you decide to reconcile, you actually have a plan. It's all been laid out for you. And if you decide not to reconcile, at least now you know exactly what you're walking away from. Okay, it's not some vague idea. This is what I'm doing. I'm making a very conscious decision about this. And so that's fourth step. That has to do with healing the the hurt, healing the problems, those kinds of things is extremely important. And Kimberly, I guess I'm being redundant because you've said it, I've said it, but I'll say it one more time. The forgiveness part, do no matter what your spouse does Mm -hmm. for you. Reconciliation actually means that your spouse is going to be a part of this in some fashion. Right. And a lot of people miss that part mentally because in their minds, they will think, well, we... I need to reconcile. I need to get, we need to reconcile. We need to put this back together, but they miss these first four steps. All Mm -hmm. they're thinking about is getting back in the same house Mm -hmm. and then trying to put things back together. You have to go, even if your spouse is ready to come back home or work on this marriage, you still need to go through these first four steps Mm -hmm. to some extent. Now, every person's going to go through these steps at a different pace Mm -hmm. than anyone else. But that's the value of working with one of our coaches or getting involved in our membership. All of those things will outline exactly where you need to go and help you understand what to focus on next until you're able to get your spouse to agree to work on the marriage with you. And then, and, and that would be what can really be the catalyst in step four that can take you forward. So why does this matter? Because a lot of people come to us and say, I don't know where to start. And they're looking more at products or coaching and they're trying to fit and they're saying, I don't know where to start in that sense. What we're now saying is you start with step one, how you do step one, you can choose. If you want to have a coach help you with step one, great. 
fantastic. We'll definitely be helpful. But even if you just start in the membership because your spouse isn't ready to work on the marriage with you right now, because that would be workshop. If your spouse is not ready, start in the membership. We'll guide you down these first four steps. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as your spouse is ready to work on the marriage with you, we can help you get from the second part of step four to step seven. Mm -hmm. And by doing the things in the first four steps, is where that you wind up influencing your spouse mm-hmm. yes. to the point where he or she will at least explore reconciliation with you. Right. Now, can we guarantee you that 100%? Obviously not. Mm-hmm. But those first four steps will get you to change you, which in turn will influence your spouse so that he or she will be willing to come to our workshop or willing to explore reconciliation. Mm-hmm. But understand this, you're not going to do it perfectly. And so what if somebody's in step three, which is stopped up, pushes and start the pulls and and they mess it up. Does that mean that they just give up the whole system? No, because remember in the very first episode, before we started talking about the seven steps, when we were talking about the decision you need to make, we talked then about there's going to be two steps forward, one step back, 18 steps to the side, (laughs) but we have a process. Mm -hmm. We believe this process works. It may not work at the timetable that you thought it would when you go into it. Just like when most people say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in a month, don't realize that that's nearly impossible. Like you are not going to to sustainably. I'm hoping to lose 20 pounds next month. You're not going to sustainably lose 20 pounds in a month. Nor should you, because typically when people do that, they end up doing things that overall are even worse. And it's the same here. When you're trying to get your spouse back quick, when you're trying to to do certain things like that, you end up doing the wrong things that make it not sustainable in the future. So I don't remember what your initial question was, but when it comes to working this system, it's a system and a process that we have for a reason. You need to follow it. You may go quicker through a couple of steps than another person, but it's still important that you go through each step, even if you're you feel like you're sometimes going through quicksand or you're trudging through mud. There's a reason it's outlined this way, and it needs to be followed. And don't beat yourself up if you don't do it perfectly. That was what you asked. Nobody, (laughs) nobody does it perfectly. You don't give up. You don't throw it out. If necessary, you might need to back up one step. Yes. Like if if the push and pulls are not working the way that they should be working, then maybe you don't have enough clarity as to what's really going on. Mm-hmm. So you just back up one step. If if you can't get clarity, maybe it's because of the fact that you haven't calmed down enough yet. Mm-hmm. So you just move, rather than throwing it out, you move back one step. Right. Okay. Now, again, we're just giving you the, the light overview. Mm-hmm. But these are things that, that we are constantly working on and developing and can guide you through step by step. So, Kimberly, we have another three steps. We do. The last three steps of the seven we will cover in the next episode. And that one is going to be all about now that you have gone through the reconciliation part of step four, then what does it look like after reconciling or while reconciling to build your marriage back and to create a new future together that was better than your marriage has ever been before? Uh, So that you can actually flourish together. That's right. Okay. We look forward to seeing you then on the next episode of Relationship Radio.